right after the services and then next Sunday, next Sunday evening, we will have a churchwide business meeting, churchwide business meeting next Sunday, all uh, concerning uh, our end of the year stuff. Uh, and um, if uh, you're new with us, you say end of the year, we're already mid-January. Uh, our fiscal uh, is February because of that, because there's so much going on in December that is just impossible to get all the stuff done by the end of December. So we strive to get everything done by the end of January. And so our officers go from February to February and, um, and then uh, our budget, uh, our, our budget for the new year as well, uh, just so that we can get, um, we can fit everything in and get all the meetings in that we need to get in. Um, I mentioned real quick this morning, uh, I'm really excited about uh, our missions this year. Uh, this year, our concentration is really going to focus, and I know you probably say, well, we always focus on Faith Promise, but we're really going to focus this year on Faith Promise. Uh, I think we have quite a few new people uh, this year, and um, I think that um, the um, consensus with a lot of new people uh, to a church, especially that comes from another church that did it a little bit different, is I'm, I'm just going to give, and then whatever they do with the money, they do with the money. Well, in our church, if you just give your tithe, that goes into um, the general fund and um, for the operating expenses of the church. Uh, so we're going to really, really encourage people this year not to stop tithing, not to, stop, not to start taking part of your tithe, uh, but above and beyond the tithe uh, is uh, your missions, faith promise, and uh, reaching the world um, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we've got some great missionaries going to be here and um, looking forward to... Um, to having, uh, having them come in, and I know there'll be a blessing to you, and um, uh, got set up, uh, well, I believe it got set up, I haven't announced it, because I'm not quite sure, but I'm almost positive uh, that a representative on um, that first Wednesday night, a representative from uh, the Savannah Care Center uh, is going to be here, giving given a... a uh, a testimony and an update on what's going on with the, uh, the Savannah Care Center. A lot of people don't even know we support the Savannah Care Center. Uh, it's, a, it's a great organization uh, that, uh, that helps um, in a lot, of, a lot of different ways. And, um, and so they're going to be giving a, a testimony, and I believe somebody will be coming that same Wednesday to give a testimony from the Manor House. And um, that's a local, also a local uh, ministry uh, that we support that, um, that helps all year long, uh, but especially during the holidays uh, with food uh, and different things to, uh, to help people that are struggling. And a uh, great ministry that we have the privilege to uh, be a part of, not only through giving, but uh, throughout the year they'll collect food, they'll collect items, they'll collect different things that we're able to, um, uh, to be able to contribute to and help with. And so um, really excited about uh, the opportunity to hear um, from both of them. Uh, I believe they'll both be on that 
first Wednesday night, that first Wednesday night. So it's only going to be two weeks this year. Uh, so we're going to have uh, uh, um, Kristen McLaughlin. She's going to be, uh, she's our missionary over in the Ivory Coast. She'll be with us that first Sunday. And then, um, um, and then uh, Dr. Ray uh, will be with us, James Ray will be with us that second, uh, that second Sunday, and um, he'll be doing our uh, main faith promise uh, as we collect our, our faith promise missions cards. And um, if you've not met Brother Ray uh, and his wife, uh, they are just some, some great, great people. They've been with BIMI forever, and uh, been missionaries in England, been missionaries all over the place. They represent BMI, BIMI. Matter of fact, Miss um, Ray wrote the biography of BIMI. It's a great biography, and um, that's how involved they are with um, BIMI and missions. And they have a part. One of the one of their favorite things is um, is training new missionaries. To go to the field, and uh, they have a part in that. Uh, lots of different things that they have a part in, and um, if you've not met them, you'll fall in love with them. They're just uh, great people, and um, uh, we're excited about having them uh, as well. So keep that in the back of your mind. February, first two weeks of February, uh, going to have some missionaries here, and uh, that second Wednesday, second Wednesday is Valentine's Day, and what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about just kind of all of us start thinking about it now. I kind of share uh, just a, a quick testimony uh, about um, why I love missions. Some of you have been involved in missions for a very, very long time, and um, praise the Lord for that. Um, but why? You know, why, why do you? Well, because I love missions. Well, why do you love missions? And uh, we're going to talk about that uh, uh, on that second Wednesday night, and uh, as we as we um, finish up our faith promise uh, for 2024. So we're excited and looking forward to it. Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. And let's begin reading there in verse number 12. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. We're talking about a new hope. A new hope. And our hope, we talked about this morning... Our hope is found uh, in, 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 in one place. Our, fo- our, our hope is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. If we look for our hope in this world, it is misplaced hope. If we look for our hope in ourselves, it's misplaced hope. If we look for our hope in anything other than Jesus Christ, then we're going to find ourselves discouraged and in trouble. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, the Bible says that at that time ye were without Christ, uh, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, look at verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So at one point, 
you were afar off. At one point, you were cut off. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been made nigh. We have been made close to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one that has given us the hope we need in this hopeless generation, in this hopeless world. When we think about hope and we think about Jesus, we've got to think about this word or these words, the promises of God. When you think about hope and you think about Jesus, you got to think about the word. Where do we find our hope? Yes, we find our hope in Jesus, but where do we find our hope in Jesus? We find our hope in Jesus in the Word and the words of God, which is the Bible, the Word of God. Let's look just at a couple things tonight when it comes to God's promises that we find in His Word. Number one, we find the promise of His care. We find the promise of His care. Isn't it great to know that someone cares? You know, I always think about, when I think about love, or when I think about care, or when I think about having somebody's back, I always think about David. Do you remember when David was running from his son, and his son tried to, well, didn't try to, he abdicated the throne and, and uh, overthrew his father, and, and uh, David was on the run. And the Bible says uh, that David looked to his right hand, and no man cared for his soul. You know how depressing that is? Do you know how depressing it is to look around and you're looking for people that say they care about you and they're not there? You're looking around for people that say that they love you and they're, they're not there? And you're wondering, okay, well, well, where did they go? But isn't the opposite awesome, uh, also true? And isn't the opposite awesome is that you can look to your right hand and somebody's there and you know they care for you? Somebody's there and say, listen, let me tell you something. I got your back. Let me tell you something. I'm here for you. I want to encourage you. I want to bless you. I want to edify you. I want to do what I can to be a blessing to you. And boy, I tell you, it helps you make one more step. In a difficult world, in difficult times, and in difficult days, and it helps you take one more step knowing that you're surrounded by people that care for you. But you know, if you find yourself in your lifetime like David, and you look to your right hand, and no man cares for your soul, then do like David did. Look up and encourage yourself in the Lord your God. Because if everybody turns their back on you, if nobody is there for you, if nobody cares for you, understand this, the promise 
of God's care for us in our lives is always there. It's always there. God wrote it down so that we would never forget the promise of His care. God being with us. Peter said this, casting all your care upon Him. Because He what? Isn't that great? Casting all your care. What is all your care? All those things that bother you. All those things that weigh heavy upon you. Whatever it is that you're facing. Some things that people know. Some things that are private. Some things that only you and God know. What does God say? He says, take all those cares. Pack them all up. Wad them all up. And cast them upon the Lord. Do you know, there are some people in life, have you figured this out? that really care for you, but there's no way they can handle all your cares. They're human, like you are, like I am. I can't take all my cares. I can't take all my problems. I can't take all my circumstances, put them all in a bucket, and take them over to somebody's house and, and dump them in the front porch. Why? Because it's, because it's not... They can't handle your cares any more than you can handle their cares. But boy, Peter said, there is one that can take care of every care that you have. Because that person that can't handle it may care for you, but they're not able to take care of the cares that you have. You see, God can do both. God not only can take care of every problem that you have, but He invites us to cast those cares because He cares for you. I heard, I heard a, a, a preacher one time say, it's, it's, like, it's like fishing. Let me tell you something. It's nothing like fishing. Unless you fish like this. If you have your pole and you got your line, and you got your worm or whatever bait you use, and you, you got the hook, and you take your pole, and you throw the entire pole into the water. Now it's like that. But I never seen anybody fish like that, right? Especially since rods and reels and all that stuff's expensive. Uh, you're not going to throw the whole thing. You know why? Because when you cast out a line... You're expected to draw something back, right? It's kind of like, let me tell you what it's kind of like. I was talking to my dad the other day, and um, we was chit-chatting back and forth, and he goes, oh, looks out the window. He said, there goes the snowplow. I said, oh, my goodness. I used to miss it, but let me tell you something. I have gotten southern weak. I promise, this cold has got here, and I'm just like, it's like cold to the bones, right? You just like, you, listen to me. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm so weak now that I use the, the, the heaters in my seat in the car. <laughs> Man, you toast you right up. It feels really good, right? And so my dad says, here, there goes the snowplow. I said, Man, I bet you it's cold. He said, No. He said, Actually, it's not too bad. It's, it was only, it was two today. Like single digit too? He said, oh yeah, man, usually, you, you know. He said, 
He said that was a couple years ago, it was like 35 below zero at this time. Let me tell you something, folks. That's cold. Well, one of the things I love, one of the things I do miss is the snow. I loved the snow. Let me tell you what we used to do. We used to have snowball fights. I used to love to have snowball fights. And I used to love to cheat with snowball fights. So you take the snowball, right, and you pack it up and you throw it at somebody, and oh, oh it hurts. Well, I'd take it and make it wet. And then it would freeze and get hard. Let me tell you something. Get hit by one of those things. I've never in my entire life, the entire 18 years that I lived up north, I never one time threw a snowball hoping that it would turn around and come back and hit me. So I say that casting all your care upon him is like throwing a snowball. You throw it. You don't want it to come back. You're throwing it. You're casting it, you're never, it's never coming back. Casting all your cares, everything that you have. God doesn't want you to walk around uh, uh, heavy laden. He doesn't want you to walk around weighed down. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Well, you know, the, you know, some of the things that we put on ourselves are some of the things that we carry around we put on ourselves. We really do. And they weigh heavy on us. And what we need to do is we need to take those things and we need to be continuously and constantly casting them upon the Lord. Why? Because He cares for you. He cares for me. He knows what you're going through. And He cares Hebrews 4 and 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows exactly what you're facing. You know, it's hard sometimes to relate to people, right? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we go through similar things. And we can relate. We can relate to one another on those things. Even though sometimes they're different. You know, if you've had back surgery and if I've had back surgery, we can kind of relate to that a little bit. Matter of fact, in Sunday school this morning, we were talking about having surgery uh, uh, for carpal tunnel. Uh, Robert, pray for Robert. He, um, he's recovering right now. He's had to have surgery on both of his wrists. And... Um, and he's recovering from the second surgery now. And, and um, it's kind of hard to say, yeah, I know exactly what you're going through if you ain't never had the surgery. It's kind of hard to say, it's no big deal if you've never had the surgery. But I'm here to tell you, if you've been through it, now it may not be exactly the same, but you, at least you can relate, right? You can relate to that person. I can't relate to somebody that, that has cancer. Ms. Dawn can. Others that have had cancer can. They can relate. It may have been a different cancer. It might have been a different severity. It might have been a different whatever. It might have been a different treatment. But at least they know what they've been through and they can relate. Can I tell you, 
Jesus Christ knows everything that you're going through. And he can relate. He was tempted at all points just like we are, except for he didn't have any sin. Except for he went through it perfectly. And he can relate to, to every problem that we have. So take that care, take that problem, and take that circumstance and cast it upon the Lord. His promises. He gives us the promise of his care. Number two, he gives us the promise of his comfort. We say it all the time, but I'm telling you, it is so true. Life can be so hard. It can be so hard. You know, I was thinking, I was telling Wendy last night, I said uh, we were driving and I was, uh, I can't remember what I was doing. I was, I was outside doing something and, and um, she pulled up to get me and I, I come running in the car and jumped in the car and she already had the she already had the seat pushed where it was warmed up and man before I couldn't I couldn't even sit in a seat that was warmed up now it's like spoiled central right I mean I just, so I got in there and I'm going and you know what my first thought was and I'm t- I'm telling you tonight is going to be a hard night on the homeless I'm telling you tonight tonight's going to be cold it's already cold outside Tonight's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard night on the homeless. And, and we live in the South, folks. You, you go up north, and it's exponentially colder up there than it is down here. And you think, to, you think of what people go through, all the struggles that people go through, it doesn't erase your struggles. I'm not saying that. It doesn't, it doesn't erase my struggles. I'm just telling you, life is so hard sometimes. And what do we need? I'm telling you what we need. We need comfort. We need comfort as we go through those hard times. Sometimes we think to ourselves, okay, I'm, I'm going through this difficult time right now in my life. And this, this, and this is going on. And somebody who has it really, really good goes, oh man, I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through it. And somebody that's Got it 50 times worse than you's going, oh, boo-hoo. You should, you should be in my boots. Right? So it's all, it's the whole, the whole spectrum of, of different things. And so we kind of give comfort according to how we think they deserve the comfort. You just, you, you just, you just think you have problems. You don't really need comfort. I'm really the one that needs comfort. It's kind of like anything else in life, right? You just think you need money. And you make way more money than I do. But I'm the one that needs money. You just think you need fill in the blank. I'm the one that really needs fill in the blank. And we are human, right? We are flawed. And our judgment is often flawed. And so we often give comfort flawed. And if you're not gifted with it, you know, there's so many gifts that are out there. And some people are so, they just have like the gift of grace. And man, they can come alongside somebody and they can, and they can, 
be a blessing to them and they can be a help to them and they can relate to them and they can and then there's some people that just aren't some of us have struggle with it right i mean we just it's just like build a bridge and get over it i mean you know come on i mean what what's the problem here and uh, I've, I've gotten better in my, in my older years, in my younger years. I was like, don't, don't come to me about it. I don't, I don't want to hear you. You're just being a crybaby. And I mean, it's kind of sometimes what we thought and it's even sometimes what we said. And why? Because we're flawed. We're flawed people. But God's care and God's comfort are always perfect. And God cares about your struggles, no matter how big or small those struggles are. If those struggles are big to you, God cares. He does. And God's not taking a vote and saying, okay, all right, how many people think that this is a big problem? He's not concerned about whether you think it's a big problem. God knows the heart of the person who's going through that problem, and God cares. And God sends his comfort. The promise of his comfort is such a, um, uh, such a needed thing in every single Christian's life. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So listen, I'm, I'm here. I'll be with you. Uh, uh, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, when I go through the valley, when I go through the difficult times, I don't have to fear any evil. I don't have to fear any problems. I don't have to fear any circumstances. Why? Because God is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. God is there for me. You do a New Testament study on that Old Testament psalm, Psalm 23, and, and you look at that rod and staff, the, the New Testament equivalent, uh, uh, many theologians would say, is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Rod and staff. God's Word and God's Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit that is there for us to comfort us along life's journey, along life's way. We need it every step, of the, uh, every step of the way. Life isn't always a piece of cake. I wish it was. I wish it was, I wish it was always easy. I wish it was always simple. I wish every decision we made was a good one. I wish every meeting we had was a good one. I wish, I wish every person that we met was a nice one but it's just not reality. And so as we walk through this valley, as we walk through this life, be glad and be thankful that we have uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to, to comfort us. Uh, Jesus warned his disciples that in this world, you're going to have two things, persecution and tribulation. You're going to have them. See this health and wealth, this, this prosperity. If, if you get saved, listen, everything, you're never going to, listen, you get saved, you're never going to have a knee problem ever again. 
Boy, there's a lot of people that ain't saved. If you're saved, listen, you're never going to have a back problem again. If you're saved, you're never going to have one financial problem again. If you're saved, you're never going to have a relationship problem ever again. In the world, ye shall have tribulation. It's fact. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. It's a fact. It's a fact that Jesus told us in his word. Jesus said in John 14 and 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. I'll not leave you alone. I know what you're going through and I will come to you. I will be there for you. Jesus cares and he comforts. He cares and he comforts the helpless, the lame, the blind, the dumb. He is always there for the helpless. The well, what does he say about the well? What does he say about those that are healthy? They don't need a physician. He comes to the ones that are sick because they need the comfort of God. Jesus cares and comforts the helpless. He cares and comforts the hurting. Simon Peter denied Christ three times. Probably my, my, one of my favorite New Testament passages, one of my favorite New Testament stories. Not him denying the Lord three times, but after he denies the Lord three times, he walks away weeping bitterly. And he, and, he, and he goes back to what he knows. He goes back to what he's familiar with. He goes back to fishing. Jesus dies. Three days later, he rises again. Mary and some of the other women are there. They're at the tomb. And Jesus says this to them. Go tell my disciples and Peter. I love that. I want you to know that Peter was a disciple. Peter was one of the number one disciples. Matter of fact, Peter was the one used at Pentecost and thousands were saved. Peter was the one that walked on water. Peter was in the inner circle. Peter was definitely one of the disciples. So why in the world did Jesus say, go tell the disciples and Peter? You know why? Because Peter was struggling. Peter was hurting. And you know what Jesus wanted Peter to know? I'm here for you. Even in your failure. Even though you failed me. By the way, this, is a, this, is, this would be us. I told you you were going to fail me. That, that's, that's how we would be, right? I told you so. It's exactly what I told you. Because you said, no, 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 not me. But I told you that's what you were going to do. No, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus' very first thought was, let me comfort and care for Peter. Well, I'm so glad that God cares for us in our most hurting times, in our failures, in our disappointments. God is there and He cares. 
for you and he cares for me. He cares and comforts the helpless. He cares and comforts the hurting and he cares and comforts the hopeless. Giving hope to the hopeless. Jesus came to do what? Did Jesus come and preach? Yes. Did Jesus come and do miracles? Yes. Did the blind see? The deaf hear? The dumb speak? The lame walk? Yes, 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 yes. Let me tell you something. The scripture says one thing about why Jesus came. He did all those things, but he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save that which was hopeless. Hopeless. You ever find yourself in a hopeless situation? Or what you feel like is hopeless situation? Listen. God does His best work in the most hopeless situations. You think to yourself, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I don't know where I'm going to go from here. I don't know what I'm... I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And the whole time, we're forgetting one thing. God does. He knows. Because He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and Omega. So what do we do? We rest on Him. We rest in Him. We wait patiently for Him. And knowing that He cares for us, even when everything seems hopeless, even when everything seems like it can't be done, He can do it. God can do it. He can do, let me tell you what the Scripture says, He can do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I want you to know something about asking and thinking. I can come up with some doozies. Asking. I can come up with some doozies thinking. And God said that He can do exceeding abundantly above anything that you can ask or think. Do you know why? Really just two words. God can. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight and we're so thankful that you love us, that you care for us, that you comfort us, that you're there for us. Mountaintop times, valley times, good times, bad times, times of feeling good and hurting times. We're so glad that you are always there for us. You promised in your word that you would never leave us and that you'd never forsake us. And I pray tonight with all the cares that I know are sitting in this room tonight, I pray that you'd help us as the people of God to take all those cares and cast them upon the one that does care, the one that does love us, and the one that is there for us. 
when times are when times are hard, when times are unfair. Lord, we're so thankful tonight. We're so thankful for what you've done in our lives. As we look back at our yesterday, you've been so good to us. You've saved us. We look back and see how you've, your watch care has been over us. You've protected us. You've been there for us. You've showered your blessings down upon us in our lives. We're so thankful for today. As we look at the blessings of, of today, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see how you've been with us every step of the way. And then tomorrow, we don't know what it holds. We don't know what it's going to bring. But we know and are thankful that you hold our tomorrow. And I pray that you'd help us to remember today and every day those two words, God can. He can do it in my life. He can do it in our lives. He can do it in our church's life. Help us to believe. Help us to be like that man in the scriptures that says, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Help me to believe you more. Help me to trust you more. Help me to lean on you more. And again, we could never say thank you loud enough. We can never say thank you enough for all that you've done. Dismiss us with your blessing. Help us this week uh, to um, keep our eyes fixed on you and help us as we face the battles of life to cast those cares upon a God that cares for us. We'll love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Men's meeting.